0: With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your borough purchase at burrowcom ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com ACAST. The producers of this podcast
2: recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal Elders past, present and those emerging.
0: The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children. We believe you murdered Liesl. Okay. I in the world. Right? We believe that her so remains are located else. in the Hunter and we want to know where she is. I haven't murdered anyone. I don't know where she is. I certainly don't own a gun. Never murdered anyone. I'm not well, saying you shot her. You
2: asked me before, did I Anna a Yeah, but we're not saying you shot her.
0: Sandy Harvey hasn't seen her daughter Liesl since 2012. At that time, Liesl was 23 years old. She was happy and healthy and working in her dream job, caring for horses. But it was horses that brought her into contact with James Church, a much older man with whom she fell in love. After her disappearance, Sandy discovered Liesel's relationship with Church was one of cruelty and heartache. For one thing, Liesel wasn't the only woman he was seeing, and she knew it. Ten years after Liesel's disappearance, Sandy and the rest of her family thought they might finally be on the verge of some kind of breakthrough. But James Church had one more cruel twist up his sleeve.
2: So this Louise... Geraldine, Frances, Liesel, then Grace and Ethan.
0: Right. So she was one of the little kids, we would have called her in our family. We had the big kids and the little kids. The second half. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about Liesel then. What sort of kid was she? A very individual child. She lived in her own
2: world. I think she was more like me than any of them because she was an animal lover and as long as she knew where she was and what she was doing, then that was okay. It didn't matter if nobody else knew where she was or what she was doing. For example, one time she got off the bus and went into some people's backyard to play with the puppies. I went maximum stress, right, back to the school. No, she's not here. Ring the bus company. No. Oh my God, where is she? I got home and the school bag was on the back veranda and I thought oh okay she's around here somewhere I'm looking looking couldn't find her and I'm thinking oh when do I ring the police you know but next minute she turns up and I said sweetheart where have you been trying to stay calm yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she said I was up planting with the puppies and I said what puppy sweetheart She said, "Oh, you know those puppies up there on the corner she said didn't you see me I said sweetheart I know you think mummy's superwoman but <laughs>
0: I haven't got x-ray vision. I can't see through a panel fence. Yeah. But she knew she was all right. Yeah. Okay. So she didn't, like, fight the other kids out of the way for your attention. She just kind of did her own thing.
2: Yeah, she was just very individual, very different from the other kids. She loved the water as well. I live near a property, an area that's got, like, a little pond in it, and there were eels in the pond. And um, she came racing home one day, mum, mum, I need the pool net, I need the pool net. I said, what for? I've caught something, i caught something. Oh, okay. Goes and gets the pool net, races down to the pond, grabs this eel, brings it, look what I got, mum, look. And it's slimy and it's stuff yeah. just, you know, the jelly stuff's just sloughing off this eel. I'm saying, oh, God, go uh, and put it back, go and put it back. But, mum, look, it's so exciting. i oh, just, you know, <laughs> She didn't really have a lot of friends. She was very, like I said, she was very individual on her own, but that didn't seem to faze her either. I mean, the kids liked her and everything, but she just, because she was just living on a different planet to everybody else. Let's just say that. <laughs> it's a bit like the Matrix, you know, like everybody else is here and she's sort of just a little bit further away from all of them. Much preferred the company of animals she's a bit of a horse whisperer as well. So lots of locals used to, if they couldn't get their horses, they'd come and get her and she'd walk into the paddock and the horse would basically just walk up to her to say hi and they'd go, I don't know how you do that. but um,
0: Oh, how lovely. Yeah.
2: She had horses of her own as well. So before she went missing, she actually, um, her horse Molly was um, in foal. She miscarried basically a couple of foals previously and um, so she was really really looking forward to to the birth of this foal and so when she went missing people just went what and especially horse people you know they said no 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 She, she wouldn't have gone off on her own because the birth of this foal meant so much to her and she told lots of people that it you know was really something that she really was looking forward to so And that's why people sort of ask the question, no, there's no way that she would have gone off by herself.
0: So what what else was going on in her life? So she'd finished school a few years earlier. Did she go to year 12 or did she leave early?
2: No, she left early. She actually went and did a horse course. She was living with her dad. She was working, you know, the people who put up the signs for roadworks and things. Yeah. So yeah, she was like a stop and go, or put out the cones, or whatever has to be done. You know, yeah. And when she got older, she had a lot more friends. She, um, because she was out working, and 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 male and female friends she had. You know, and if they didn't have horses, then they had dogs. So she was into the, all that stuff as well.
0: The circle of friends were they into partying at all? Were they using drugs? No, or? no, it was just
2: just hanging out stuff, you know. Okay. It'd be knock on the door, hi, how you doing? Oh, let's have a drink or a coffee or whatever. She wasn't much of a party. She sort of basically wore jeans and a shirt and, and a hat and that was her, you know.
0: Any boyfriends or girlfriends?
2: Well, the guy that she was with who allegedly abducted and allegedly murdered her that was her boyfriend at the time
0: was he her age that's James
2: Scott Church he was a lot older he was a lot older he easy 20 years 20 years on her and he was actually seeing another woman who he said that this other woman was the love of his life and no, he was monogamous with her and all this sort of thing and in actual fact he was Messing around with not just my daughter but um, a couple of other people as well So and kept it all under wraps so that this other woman wouldn't find out. What was Liesl's understanding of their relationship? She knew about this other woman but that was fine by her. She didn't care and so they wouldn't meet at his house. They would meet somewhere else out in the bush or at a campground or something, you know. How
0: did she know him? Where did she meet this guy? Uh, because he lived down the road from her and he was a farrier. Just remind me again what exactly, I know that's a horsey thing. Like a blacksmith, shoes horses. Okay, okay. Yep. And because she had horses
2: and she needed a farrier, they sort of met and got together and, yeah.
0: Did you know about the relationship at the time?
2: No, I didn't. When we were in court, He said, oh, no, we were keeping it a secret and yet she was telling everybody that she was having a relationship with him and that she was pregnant to him, which she wasn't, but he didn't tell anybody because he didn't want this other woman
0: that he was madly in love with, so supposedly, to know. So when Liesl went missing, what was the first that you knew of that? I didn't
2: find out until... Quite a few weeks later I was actually in the same street that the police station was in I'd actually taken one of my daughters and her partner to Centrelink and I was in the street and I saw him in my side mirror my ex he was he'd come out of the police station was walking up towards my car and shoved his head in the driver's window and said "Are you aware that Lisa's missing and I went what what are you talking about?" That's when I found out and that was about three weeks.
0: So her father was aware that she was missing? Yeah,
2: but he just didn't tell me. He had um, gone round to all her friends' places and said, have you seen her? Have you seen her? No, we haven't seen her for a couple of days. No, we haven't heard from her. And she had lots of, you know, there were messages, lots of messages sent to her phone, which was no answer. But that was the first I knew. It was like probably the next day or, or about that when the detectives turned up and and they actually said we have him in the police station at this moment.
0: James Church. So you've found out in the street from your ex that your daughter has been missing for weeks, which is just unbelievable. I can't imagine that 24 hours. And then the, because the following day the detectives finally arrive at your house and say, yep, yeah, look, not only is she officially a missing person, but we have a man at the station, James Church, and you have known of him. Do they disclose to you at that point that they've been in a relationship, it's gone sour? Like how much did they tell you that day? No, they didn't tell me. They just said that they knew that
2: her and he had been in a relationship. I thought she was just, you know, had gone off somewhere and hadn't told anybody and then... Then, when they found the car, they got hold of the security camera. Oh, God. A uh, video. From
0: the train station. And
2: saw her, yeah, saw her getting out of her car and getting into his car and driving off. And so they showed that to me and said, This is why we think it was him. They initially called him in or got him in there because they knew that um, through my ex, he told them that. She, you know, she was hanging out with this guy all the time. So they said, well, look, you know, when did you see her last? And he denied seeing her. And and then when they got the video back into the police station, well, look, she's getting into your car. Why is that happening? And then a whole new story.
0: Did she tell you why she wanted you to pick her up from to give her, the give her a lift Yeah, yeah, but did she say why she needed a lift?
2: No, she's just been a pain in the arse.
0: So he's changed his story within the first couple of days that they've known about him. He's had to change his story a couple of times already. Yeah. We believe you murdered Liesel. No okay. man yeah, in the world. Right. We believe that you her remains are located to... in the Hunter, and we want to know where she is. I haven't murdered anyone. I don't know where she is. I certainly don't own a gun. I've never murdered anyone. I want to say you shot her.
2: You asked me before, did I? And
0: yeah, but we're not saying you shot her.
2: Like he, he said that he had actually dropped her in Wyong and driven up the Pacific Highway and gone home and then went to his girlfriend's place and they said, well, if you went to your girlfriend's place, why was she ringing your mobile phone, which was turned off at the time, and she rang your house phone? If you were with her, why would she do that? And he said, oh, oh that's right, no, um, there was a break-in at my other house up at Clarence Town, and so I went up there and I rang her the next morning and said, you know, there was no reception, which was a lie because they know that he turned his mobile phone back on at about 1 o'clock in the morning. I learnt a lot, not just about the towers but about in-car cameras for the police. and, And then they said, okay, well, you know, you couldn't have gone home that way so, oh, well, I dropped you in town and then I went home via Yu Yu Road. And they said, oh, so that's that's how you did it. Yet, yeah. okay. Well, there was an accident under the bridge of Sparks Road and the police car that was there at the accident still had his car camera going and actually got this guy's car, Church's car, driving past at a particular time and they said, oh, so you went down hurri Road. You've changed your story from Pacific Highway to hurri Road. Yep, yep, that's how it was. Well, how come we've got you at Sparks Road? Oh, well, I'm, I came off um, Sparks Road and, and headed north. And they said, but you can't do that because the accident was actually under the bridge and you can't do that.
1: They've recorded
0: your vehicle, CGE 48U, mm-hmm. travelling southbound on the Golden Highway. How do you explain this? I can't. Can I? I'm sure, you got the right number plate because I'm, I'm sure sorry. I've got the right number plate. So, given all of this, why did they? I don't know if you can answer this question. Why did they not charge him then? What What was lacking? Why did it take ten years for, for this same man to be charged in relation to Liesl's disappearance? Because so she is still technically a missing person. Yes, she is. I I
2: honestly couldn't tell you, but they needed to get lots of evidence.
0: Did she tell anyone else that she was going to meet him there?
2: No, she didn't tell anybody anything. He apparently rang her in the morning and my ex said when he was giving evidence that she had actually gone out, cleaned up the stables, um, sorted out the yard, cleaned up her room, got dressed nicely and went out and said, I'll be back at five o'clock to feed the animals. And that was unusual for her to do that. And we think what the scenario was, because he originally said that she kept hassling him to come and meet her. And in actual fact, the police had the phone records and it proved that he rang her. And they said that they think that he arranged to meet her at Tugra Station because she wanted to move out from where she was living with her father and he had had a couple of properties. And so we think what he's done is said, look, bring your car to Tugra Station. He won't find it. You come with me and I'll take you up and show you the new house that I've just set up
0: for you. And she's gotten into his car and gone and that was it. What you do know is that she had been telling him that she was having his baby. So perhaps, I suppose it's not, doesn't seem like, too much of a stretch to think that perhaps he's phoned her and said, okay, you know, that maybe she's been saying, I'm having your baby, I'm pregnant, and mm. you you need to set me and the baby up in yep. with a place to live. Yeah. From her perspective, she thinks, oh, great, he's finally agreed. He's rung and said, all right, meet me at Tuggara Station and we'll do something. I'll take you and show you a house or something. Yeah. And I
2: think it was also the possibility that she was a threat to his relationship with this other woman because she did eventually contact this other woman and let her know. Oh,
0: she she had done that already. Fuck, how did that go? Not well. No. (laughs) Not well.
2: And, of course, she then spoke to Church about the fact that Liesl had contacted her and said she was pregnant and everything. And his reaction was, oh, you know, you've got to be kidding, that lying little bitch, you know. And he said, oh, look at her, she's only a kid and who'd have her anyway? You know, like just, just denied. Said some terrible things about my daughter. Yeah, yeah. His car was caught on the speed cameras for the trucks. Well, apparently they would. it'll take your number plate anyway and um, discard it after a while, you know, if you're not a truck and they caught him at Sandy Hollow and at Wall two days before, on the 17th, which was a Friday, and then again on the Sunday. And he reckons he went up to visit his mate. This is the, the next story. Um, went up to visit his mate and went and had lunch with them and then on Sunday went and had dinner and everything. But then later on when they put the listening device into the place where his mate was staying up at Nelson Bay church said to his mate look couldn't you just say that yeah you were up here on holidays but you came back because you knew I was coming up but then when it came to court he said oh yes I drove up there on the Friday and sat outside the the locked gate for four hours or something and then went up again on Sunday and sat outside the lock gate at six o'clock at night for another six hours and the judge said but Weren't you cold? <laughs> Cause she said this is August we're talking about. And he's the forecast for that day. So she had everything.
0: Oh, they're she unreal. Yeah. Um yeah. so what you're saying is that on the Friday he drove up the highway to a, a very sort of remote area. Yeah. On the Sunday is when Liesel got in his car and disappeared. And also on the Sunday, he can be traced driving up the highway to that same remote area and staying there for six hours. That's exactly right. And when he told his sister
2: that they had this evidence, she said, oh, didn't you lend your car to someone that day? In court he said, I've never asked anybody to lie. But he did say to his parents because his parents said, look, you know, we've told the police that we were at your place and now you're saying that they've got you on camera going up to Merrywar. Mm. Are you kidding? Like, you know, how do we look? And he said, it's all right, Mum, you just stick to your story. You'll be right. So, no, he didn't say, please lie for me, but he just kept saying, can you do this and can you do this? and
0: How do you know those conversations took place? Were they caught on? Um, on listening devices. On listening yeah. devices. Okay. Yeah. So none yeah. of them came forward and, and admitted that, but they're on listening devices. Yeah. We sort of
2: thought about the fact that he may have gone up there on the Friday and, you know, sussed out a place and then took her up there on the Sunday and did whatever he did. Obviously that spot has been scoured by police. Well, it's it's basically they're not sure where to look. There's mm. um, Properties have been dug up. Anything that he owned has been dug up. His parents' place at Kangiangi has been ripped apart. I mean she could be anywhere from basically Sparks Road to to Willow Tree.
0: So no no trace found yet no, by the police? No,
2: And they've used cadaver dogs at different sites and things as well. So, you know, people have said things to me like, oh, you know, she could have been in a container and she could have been, you know, transferred overseas as a sex slave and all. I said, listen here, there is nothing that I haven't thought about that you can suggest to me and there are things that a mother shouldn't have to think about about her daughter. I get upset because, yeah, this is my daughter, um, but I need to get out that, you know, she's, she's still missing.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Finally, after 10 years, the Wyong police have felt as though they had the brief of evidence together. And they've obviously they've convinced the the DPP, the New South Wales Public Prosecutor, and and he yep. he or she have, have agreed, and they've taken it yep. to trial. They've charged James Scott Church with the murder of your daughter, Liesl. Yeah. So it's gone to trial finally. Sixty-eight days of evidence.
2: Actually, there was seventy days because um, for the first two days I wasn't allowed in because I was they were calling me for evidence, so I wasn't allowed in for the opening statements. Or things that went on at the beginning, where they, oh, we want to throw this out, and this has got to be put in, and that's we don't want this witness, and we want that one, and you know, all that sort of juggling stuff. Yeah, and,
0: they're arguing about uh, what can be admitted as evidence and stuff like yeah. that. Right. And then is it you're not allowed in as an observer until you've given your evidence? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. So you were one yeah. of the first to give evidence, then were you? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was hard because I really didn't know that much about her disappearance. They asked me a couple of questions that um, floored me a bit and the judge asked me to leave the courtroom while she spoke to the defence and when I came back that line of questioning was squashed
1: Mm.
2: and um, I think I only answered maybe four or five questions, that was it, because I didn't really know anything much. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, I didn't even know she was missing until weeks later, so I couldn't really do so much. But I sat there with my pen and my writing pad and wrote everything down. Yeah, I was there every single day. And, you know, I heard some things. The police had put listening devices in his parents' house, and they're saying, well, you know, what about this girl? Oh, look at her, you know, she's ugly, hat full of, you know, and... um She absolutely was not. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any pictures of her. I have, absolutely.
0: She's a beautiful, stunning young woman and, yeah, that's awful. And it's awful that you had to hear that. I'm assuming you had to hear that audio in court.
2: Yes, yeah. I mean, I was there for 68 days and heard every single word. I mean, she was no angel and any parent who says, oh, my kids, you know, wouldn't do that or wouldn't say that or wouldn't be there or whatever, Mate, they've got blinkers on. They're looking through rose-coloured glasses because there's no perfect children.
0: There's no perfect people. I would hate for my, I mean, this is the thing for families who have to go through the court process is that I think to myself, God, I would hate for my life to be laid bare in in a courtroom. When I was gone and for my family to have to sit there and hear about every email I've sent, every text, every conversation yeah. I've had, everything I've done, everything. I mean, yeah. it's just hideous. It's, this, is pri- yeah. this is our private lives. So, you know, you had to sit through. You didn't have to. Some people choose not to. Some people choose to leave at certain points because you have to hear the, as we've discussed, um, all sorts of awful things. Yeah. But you, you decided to stay. I stayed.
2: Yeah. yeah. Because I wanted to hear everything. I wanted to hear what the judge was hearing so that when she, she made her decision, as, and as I said to a lot of people because they said, oh, what if she says he's innocent? And I said, look, I've heard everything that she's heard. She's made sure she clarifies everything. So if she says he's innocent, then I have to go along with that and I have to be satisfied because there's nothing that I haven't heard that she hasn't heard. Mm. So I, I needed to hear it myself. Even through the court, the police were still coming in with other evidence that had suddenly turned up. You know, like there was a a police car that drove basically the, the same route that he did. That was just coincidental. But he had his camera on and so they were able to time from point A to point B and then add it on to Jim Church's time and say, no, you couldn't possibly have gone into Wyang and dropped her off because even Andretti couldn't have yeah. in his Formula One sports car, couldn't have done it, you know. So just stuff kept coming in even through, throughout the court case. So they didn't stop. Like people think, oh, it goes to court and that's the end of it, but in actual fact. It's not. They just kept bringing more and more evidence as well, mm. just things that just happened. And I, I'm a bit of a spiritualist, so I tend to think that Lisa was pointing the finger and saying, looky, looky, do this, do that. Judge Fullerton, I can't praise her enough. She was not only, oh, I suppose, an iron fist with a kid glove because she saw that Mr Church Senior wasn't well and asked him a few questions and he couldn't repeat them back and he he looked physically ill. And so she said, right, we're not doing him today. Get him on the train, send him home and we'll do a video link next week. Yeah. You know, so as much as she is there for the facts and, you know, nothing else, emotion doesn't come into it, she cared about people and there were people who my ex said was lethal and those people actually came on screen and the judge spoke to them and it was proven that these people that were pointed out weren't lethal anyway so and that was another thing you know people were saying oh I remember seeing her on such and such and my ex had actually put out a poster with a reward in on it which he was asked not to do but he did anyway it was a a poster with like this big oh, the writing must have been three inches tall, $10,000, right, in big red thing. And this one lady, they said, oh, so you saw the poster? And she said, yes. And I recognised it was Liesl away. you know, when I saw her at the shopping centre. And they said, oh, so you didn't see the $10,000 reward thing? And she said, oh, no, I didn't see that. I mean, it's the first thing that hits you in the face, you know. So everybody who
0: said that they had seen her after the 19th
2: were all proven they hadn't seen her at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, that happens with missing persons, doesn't it? I, don't, I think a lot of the time people genuinely do believe they've seen the person. Yeah. Just our minds play tricks on us, our memories aren't as good as we think they are and all those things. Oh, look,
2: I, I remember I was at um, Dubbo one time sitting at in Maccas and I was looking out the big windows that they had and this car pulled up with a horse trailer on the back and this girl got out of the car with her back to me with her hair poking through a cap and the fellow I was with at the time said, are you all right? And I just sat there because I would have sworn on on my life that that was lethal. But then she turned around and had it have been lethal there wouldn't have been a wheelchair or a walking stick that would have held me back. Yeah. I'd have been out through that door yeah. so fast. And I've had several dreams similar to that as well, you know. And I I say, am, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? No, Mum, you, you're not dreaming. She's really here. She's really here. And, and I wake up, you know, my pillow is wet because I'm just crying. I mean, in my dream I'm crying for happiness, but I wake
0: up and realise that it's not true after all. You sat through sixty-eight days of evidence, and so explain exactly what happened. Had the judge then, because I know generally then they'll go away and have a, have a think for a long time. Yeah. H- yeah. Had that happened?
2: Yeah, she'd gone away, mm. and then we got notification that she was going to hand the judgment down. How long was the gap? Because you must be just on the You're just on the edge of your seat. Uh, it was a couple of weeks and. Because I had a daughter coming from Queensland and another daughter coming from Tasmania, yeah. they had asked the judge instead of giving like 48 hours if they could give a bit longer so that they could book flights and things and, and get here, and you know. And so the judge gave, I think she said it on the Monday and it was supposed to be delivered on the Friday, so that gave them time to get here. And then on the Thursday he got himself in the car and, Passed a hose into his car and started the engine, and that was the end of it.
1: A murder trial into the death of a Central Coast woman has ended without a verdict after the accused killer took his own life. 53 year old James Scott Church had pleaded not guilty to murdering 23 year old Liesl Smith. He was found dead a day before the verdict was due to be handed down.
2: I think he was declared dead at 9 9 30 or something in the morning. And um, the detectives rang me and told me. Actually, I can't remember if they rang me or they turned up to be good. Isn't that amazing? You
0: can't even remember if they turned up at your house or rang you. And that's terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's like because it is so shocking. I'm not surprised. I was just
2: floored. And I I was told basically they found him. um, It was reported to the police. The police rang the local detectives and the detectives let me know. So it was within maybe a couple of an
0: hour or a couple of hours after it happened that I was notified. I was floored when I read it six months later because this happened oh. um, in July last year. Yeah, yeah, eighth of July was supposed to be handed down ten years after Liesl went missing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it would have been ten years on the nineteenth of
0: August. Mm. So last year. So I'm reading Mm -hmm. here, um, speaking on Friday, Justice, so this would have been the Friday that you got your um, verdict. Justice Fullerton acknowledged Liesl's family and friends, including you, uh, Liesl's mother, Sandy, and she said, because of Mr Church's death yesterday, which brought this trial to an end, I cannot announce my verdict today. I was devastated.
2: In the past, what the accused have done, They've either committed suicide at the beginning of a trial Mm. or in the middle of a trial or they've passed away either by their own hand or accident or natural causes. Mm. So that's the end of the the thing because all the evidence isn't in, Mm. the judge hasn't made a decision or the jury hasn't been sent off to make a decision. So that's the end of the case and nothing can be done. Yeah. But this is the first time that the judges said, I have a verdict and I'm going to hand it down. So between the time that she said, I'm going to hand the verdict down and the day the verdict was to be announced, that's the very first time that anyone has passed away uh, or killed themselves um, in that time frame. It's
0: fascinating She, because I just would assume that, that it's, wouldn't and shouldn't prevent her from delivering the verdict, but she says the law simply did not allow her to return a verdict, publicly announce it, or publish the very lengthy reasons that she had prepared for her verdict. Yeah. I don't, I
2: don't get it. The thing is, to me, it's protecting the accused. I'm in no better position now than I was 11 years ago. No. I don't have lethal. And I don't have someone who's responsible for taking her away from me. Yeah, we're in limbo, you know, he's not guilty and he's not innocent
0: and she's still missing. And also it means you've missed out on a potential encouragement for him to give you some further information because in New South Wales, you have the no body, no parole laws. We do now. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that You know, potentially had the judge been about to convict James Church of this crime and had he gone to jail, he wouldn't have been able to uh, take advantage of his minimum sentence until and unless he told you where Liesel's remains are if indeed she is dead. So, you know, that that was a a possibility. Yeah. I
2: get angry too because... It's just not fair. Where's the justice for Lisa? Um you know, she's there's nothing nothing for her. I mean I, I think of when she first went missing and then they said that, you know, he he's probably murdered her. I could think of <laughs> was her lying out there in the cold not being able to, you know, contact anybody or, you know, have somebody who loves her holding her and it's just... I mean, I worked in a nursing home for many years and we had lots of elderly people pass. But I tried to make sure that if they were going to pass that they weren't on their own, you know, especially if it was the middle of the night, family members couldn't be there and all that sort of thing, you know, because I think it would be horrible and that's what I think... You know, she was. She's just out there on her own. It's just not right. It's just not right.
0: What have the detectives said, if anything, after all of that happened? Oh,
2: they're frustrated too. Uh, that yeah, they they will not ever give up, and they've told me that. I mean, uh, they can't do anything about accusing anybody else because they have all the evidence that point in his direction they're just hoping that somebody will come forward i have a a thing on the back of my car it's got it's a poster of liesel and you know if anybody knows anything contact them and i have a facebook page for her as well just if people would just go in there and like it and share it with their friends like if one friend shared it with two people and then those two people shared it with two people. I'm not asking them to go through their, you know, 500 friends and say, listen, you've got to share this. I'm just asking just to share it with one or two people. I've asked for a change and call it Lisa's law so that Lisa will always be remembered that I don't want another family to have to if it ever happened again, it may never happen again. It's never happened in the past, but I don't want another family to be left wanting to know, it would just be nice to to know where she is and what's happened to her. I mean, we may never, ever have any remains, but I just want to know what happened, what happened to her, that's all. The more people that know about Liesl, what's happened to Liesl, the more chance we've got of changing the law, of the possibility of somebody hearing something that they thought, oh, hang on a minute. Now I remember that name because it's an unusual name. It's not yeah. Jenny or Arthur or, you know, yeah. anything like that. And they go, oh, I remember hearing something about that. I wonder if I can remember what where I was when that happened. And, you know, and like the Crime Stoppers
0: number, if, if people don't want to be made aware, no, but it's good to remind people that you can always talk to Crime Crimestoppers uh, anonymously and you're right, just to remind people of all of those things. And as we just said, just come forward and just tell them that little thing that you might have thought over yeah. the years No, they wouldn't be interested in. Just to tell me, them.
2: Yeah. To me it's like a jigsaw puzzle and if you don't have all the pieces then you can't solve the puzzle. Yeah. And you you never know. That little tidbit of information that you have may just dis- that's another piece of the puzzle that's that's put in. And, you know, the police would rather that you ring up and say something than think, oh, well, that's not very significant or that's not important or what you don't think is important could be a major thing, yeah, you know, for the police to be able to to deal with. So, yeah, I just. <laughs> she's worth it. Well, she is. <laughs> she, she's really worth it. Yeah. You know, and the other thing I ask people to do is after they've heard the the podcast, just go and give your kids an extra hug from Lisa. Um, it's, you know, not a big thing and the kids will never know and if you just, you know, just give them a hug and, and just think of Lisa. I don't think people really understand, like, I lost my dad, my, uh, and my dad was my best mate, and I miss him. I miss him too, especially with Liesl missing. I'd just like to get on the phone and say, hey, Dad, I'm feeling like crap today, you know. But I know where he is. You know, uh, he died of cancer, so he's in a better place. But it, it's, it's really hard. I mean, uh, I have a friend who said, you know, I used to watch the things on TV and go, oh, that's sad, that person's missing. But when you actually know someone who has someone missing, it's a whole different ball game. a whole different ballgame.
0: Thank you to our guest today, Sandy Harvey, and thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week.
1: This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the
2: Acast Creator Network.
1: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.